0: The last word with Matt Cooper.
1: Today FM. It all happens
0: here. Today, FM. I'd imagine there's a very good chance that you've seen at least one of the videos circulating on social media of what happened in the Cherry Orchard area of Blanchard's, of sorry, Ballyfermot last night in Dublin. If you haven't, well, we're going to play you a little bit of the audio from one which will give you a good indication of what actually happened.
2: God is dead! God
0: quite feral sounding, isn't it? Stephen Breen, crime editor of the Irish Sun. Can you fill us in on what happened, please?
2: Yeah, Matt, well, details of this shocking incident first appeared on social media last night and as your clip uh, just showed there, it it highlighted how there was a crowd of people in the Cherry Orchard area of Ballyfermit and they were cheering on two cars who were uh, driving recklessly in the area at, at high speeds, but I think you can hear the the crowd shouting and encouraging those drivers to ram into the Garda car, and that's what happened um, during that in front of kids, in front of people in the local community. But I spoke to some of the residents there today, uh, some of the local representatives as well, and they say this is nothing new in that area. They have raised concerns for over a year about antisocial behaviour and especially about a growth in joyriding as well. And for, for them, it's about an interagency approach, about the, and the guards coming together, the government ministers, uh, other agencies to try and address the issue. But last night, they, and they Stephen, did, uh, we, we will have an local
0: representative in a moment on that. But tell me a little bit about what the guards can do in a situation like this, because it struck me that one squad car going in to deal with what was happening did not look like a sufficient use of resources to stop what was happening.
2: Yeah, well, the GRA have already come out today, the Guard of Representatives Association, and spoken about uh, the issue of resources. So when you have a guard of car responding to an incident of dangerous driving in that area, clearly the, the, that guard car wasn't equipped to deal with the scenario and the situation that was developing there. And for the guards responding to that incident, For them, the priority will always be, you know, the protection of life and the preservation of life, not just for themselves, but also for the local community there. So clearly the the guards uh, in that car, you know, would have needed support and uh, assistance. Now, we've heard the commissioner speak today about how he would stood up the um, public order units, but the locals that I spoke to today are talking about the need for a more, permanent uh, Garda uh, response in, in that area where you have more patrols so they can engage with the local community, they, they can build up a stronger rapport with the local community and they just don't have that. So, But it comes down to as well an issue of resources in terms of the cars that the guards are driving. Also we heard the GRA President Brendan O'Connor speaking about you know, the need for cameras to be included, the dash cam to be included in Garda cars to build up investigations. So there is a concern there and the overall feeling from the community is there needs to be more Gardie
0: on the street. Stephen just clarify that again effectively what looked like almost like a family saloon car was what the Gardaí were driving and it doesn't even have the benefit of dash cam footage to gather evidence at the scene so we're now left with a situation whereby the Minister for Justice has made an appeal to people in the area to hand in information. Yes
2: that well, it comes down to and This is something that the GRA and indeed the AGSI uh, Association as well have also have been calling for for such a long time for the need to guardy to improve the fleet of vehicles that they have at their disposal and the, the essential need for also for uh, guarded drivers as well to be upskilled and to undertake the necessary uh, guarded courses to drive their cars. But it's a very important in this day and age when you have other Law enforcement agencies who have access to technology like the body cam cameras as well that the guards have been calling for for a long time they don't have that facility. So on that occasion last night, surely dash cam footage would have been useful in gathering evidence as the guards try and apprehend those involved in this incident.
0: Stay on the line, please, Stephen. I want to bring in Hazel de Norton, who is a people before profit councillor for Ballyfermot. And Hazel, I think. You know what happened last night was not certainly an isolated incident, was it?
3: No, and as Stephen has covered there, I mean, we've been raising this probably this time last year. So for the last year, we've seen an increase in what's obviously the enjoy riding um, in the area and also the spreading of the, what's happening on social media. So it's also like it's being used as a spectator sport. Well, what that's happened then is a, a very, you know, difficult effect then on residents in the area it's very hard to sum up because if this isn't the first time this has happened it's nearly a decades long issue and report upon report has been written on how to deal with it so I suppose um, you know we were out there today we were talking to the community and there's a lot of frustration there's a lot of anger but there's also a case of you know um, what exactly is going to be done about it and that's what we've done Because Hazel
0: would it be the case that many people feel intimidated that if they do try and do something about it, that they might be fearful that their own car might be stolen or that worse might actually happen to them as mm-hmm. a reprisal, say, for giving any information to the guardie?
3: Yeah, and like we can't, you know, skate around the, the, the subject of it and there is intimidation involved in the area. There's no doubt about it. Um, there has been cases where people have been trying to raise concerns and it's been brought to the out to the community public that they were raising concerns and they were intimidated to leave the property and were harassed every time that they came out. So it's a difficult situation to approach it from that aspect. And, you know, if you wanted to look at the level of, if you're saying, you know, if you're talking to Angardi and they'd say that people need to report it, need to go on the record, if people then report it and they go on the record, then they're not supported when they're attacked because then they'll say they're under-resourced. And you tend to go around in this vicious cycle. I mean, what you're saying there to Stephen in regards to resourcing, um, the guards have been saying this openly at public police and farms for like five years, I'd say, probably beforehand. And they've been saying that they've been under-resourced. And I mean, that's for Garda management to make their argument to what they need. Um, But every time that we raise a case, I mean, those on the street know that they've damaged the Garda car that it's off the road for the next four to five hours. And they've become equipped to the workings of how that operates in the area. It's unfortunate to say that I don't like saying that, but that's how what it seems to be the case because I have been at meetings with news inspectors that have come into the area and I've said, why are you sending up those particular cars if you know that if they're damaged, they know if they damage them that they're going to be removing them. So those innocent people that are living within the communities are then being terrorised because you can't get in there to support them. you know?
0: Presumably as well, these cars that they're using are stolen, are they?
3: Well, that's reports would say you've probably seen some of the context that came on with the videos. So, I mean, I'm no ex- expert in cars, but they are saying of the particular type of car of a Jaff import that's easier to rob. I mean, that just could be sensationalism. I really don't really know the ins and outs of that, end. But well, I'd it.
0: imagine they're hardly going to start smashing their own cars if they're paying for them into Garda cars, which would imply yeah. that they probably are. But the other thing that really struck me in that video as well was that they were doing high speed handbrake turns. Mm-hmm. The potential for injury, not just to the people in the cars, but to their spectators and to innocent mm-hmm. people who might be walking around the place, must yeah. be high when they're dicked carrying out those high speed manoeuvres.
3: Yeah, and like that there has, there has been happening at three or four in the day and last night's incidents, what is that? Half, half seven. So you would be getting a lot, lot of kids and people who will be coming back from the likes of football training or, you know, just doing their daily tasks. And that's not something you want to walk into. And if you were in the area, you would see the evidence of incidents where cars have lost control and damaged property but I mean Pat, I, or Matt I think there's an important point that I think we need to talk about as well is and that's we have been providing um, you know funders with proposals on how to tackle this and there is services who are very on the ground and very involved with those people that are involved in this type of activity and they have been calling for more resources. We have had the Minister for Children out on Thursday and he was actually brought up to this particular spot that you see in the video. I'm showing the evidence of this activity and we were like, making the argument to say we need the resources now to go in and deal with these people and tackle them to try and then have that ripple effect to try, that will then affect the spectators that are standing around. Like There's reports that the person driving that car is 14 years of age. Do you know what I mean? Those standing around looking at it as well are like, you know, fifth class, sixth class or whatever. That's the kind of feedback we're getting. So we have been saying this for a year. You know, we've been given the proposals. I've said literally, look, this is the breakdown of what we need, how we're going to tackle this and how we're going to deal with it. So that's the call that needs to be coming out alongside of all the other, you know, stories is that we need to be resourced. And resourcing needs to be continued because this is an effect of the refunding being pulled from the area as well. You can't just, like, dump money in, solve an issue and walk away. There are particular areas within our city that do need that continuous type of funding and we need to accept that and we need to find proper resources and put in the services that they're asking for. They've identified what they need. Uh, And just one more point, which I think would be very important to your conversation, is around there's a local area plan um, gone through Dublin City Council being agreed for 3,500 new housing units up into the back of Cherry Orchard, and we've won Corner Shop. And the government withdrew the UDR fund of uh, £30 in 2021, and we have no funding to provide those services. We now have to look elsewhere. And this is the fourth plan that that's happened to since the 80s. So, I mean, this evidence is here, it's been happening around and, and we have the resources, or we have what we need to do to solve. But we just need to be funded to go out and do that, you know.
0: Trina O'Connor is with us as well, a criminologist. Trina, what needs to be done in this situation, do you think, particularly with all of the young people who were involved in last night's incident and many others that have happened before?
1: Yeah, so your last um, contributor there, I think it's Hazel, really nailed it. When you look at the resourcing of communities like this, since 2010, the services have been hollowed out. So we do need to have services that are given multi-annual funding. That's key. We need a collaborative approach multi-agency I mean we keep saying it we keep seeing the progress whenever there is a multi-agency approach it's important that we we don't think we can just police our way out of antisocial behavior I've come today from a conference where we've had presentations from the UK police force they have anti-behavior anti-social behavior units that go into communities and build community capacity so they identify community leaders so in a situation like what happened last night they would have somebody there to de-escalate, an interrupter who will walk with the young people who will have a relationship with them navigate young people away from criminal behaviour as opposed to people in the community standing and watching and feeling like they can't say anything because of the intimidation because that's a big issue for a lot of the people living in these types of communities and this is only a small minority of people within these communities. These communities are good, working class communities, and it's awful for them to see their community represented in this way.
0: Okay, let me go back to you this, uh, Stephen Breen. What is likely to happen now? Because we've heard about the public order unit been sent to the area for this evening, but there's also suggestions that this behaviour was in a sort of a reprisal for the arrests of those who had been previously involved over the last year in similar behaviour.
2: Yeah, well, that's well uh, obviously part of the ongoing guard investigation, Matt. The guards will be looking for dashcam footage from the area. They'll also be looking to speak to any witnesses who were there who, who will, you know, hopefully come forward and give the guards some information. But there was an operation that the guardy undertook in August, and they made five arrests. Uh, in relation to the um, incidents of antisocial behaviour and indeed uh, joyriding in the area, so um, they'll have to try and establish if there is some connection to that. Obviously, there are a lot of young people in the area who commit quite positively to that community. It's, it's a very strong and vibrant community. Uh, But there are a number of young people there, a small minority, who are engaging in this behaviour and residents are becoming increasingly concerned about it. And they will hope that uh, in this occasion, you know, hopefully the guards will take action and bring charges of perhaps dangerous driving or uh, reckless endangerment against those involved in last night's incident.
0: Trino Connor, we're getting quite a few messages from listeners who, while they appreciate the lack of resources in the area, are concerned that that sort of starts giving an excuse to those who are engaged in really, really bad behaviour that they shouldn't, and that the vast majority of people are in the same position with a lack of resources and yet don't resort to this type of antisocial behaviour.
1: Yeah, that's a point that I hear all the time, but the, the facts are we know when. There's high levels of poverty, when there's high levels of unemployment, when there's low levels of educational attainment. When people don't have, people say, why did they take the wrong road? Well, maybe the only road they have is the one that's in front of them. So we know that by empowering communities, by building community capacity, by educating communities, by providing good structural services, social services, intervention, early support within communities, that we can then eradicate antisocial behaviour and, in fact, criminality. So that's the that's the key to this. We have to resource, but it has to be long term. It cannot just be a pilot programme for 12 months. We've done a bit of work there. So communities always know the answers and this community here has been calling out for years. They have identified groups of young people that need interventions, multi-agency approach to just not getting the resources that they need. So if we know that there's 50 young people in this area that need support around all sorts of issues that they may have, we need to wrap supports around them. We need to try and give them other opportunities away from criminality and that that will take five years but that will trickle down then into the next generation and that is the key to change in this dynamic within communities such as this we know that the research tells us this matt
0: okay thank you very much for joining us Trina connor hazel de Nortoon and stephen breen
1: the last word with matt cooper weekdays from 4 30